This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. In essence, what God was saying to Israel is that now you have a new life. Your new life is that you are not to live your life as you were before when you were in Egypt. You're gonna have a new life now, and this new life is going to be characterized by two words, unto myself, unto myself. So here on out, you're gonna be a people that's gonna be close to God, It's close to God. Just like us, when it says in 2 Corinthians 5.15, he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him that which died for them and rose again. It's a new life. Our lives are now, it's like with Israel, was their life was to be an expression of God on the earth. Our life to be an expression of God, which is why it says in Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ. What's that mean? It means that when we live, we are to be an expression of Christ through our various personalities. That's what it means. And then it goes on to say, and to die is gain. Now, that's not necessarily referring to the time when we die and have a funeral for us, but the process of dying to self is a good thing. That's a benefit, that's gain. And when we center ourselves on the Lord Jesus Christ, then we see that everything we need is in him. Like David said, thou art by spring of water, so necessary. So that's why 1 Corinthians 1.30 is seeing that, but of him, are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, and the list can go on. That's the new creature. That's the new creature of 2 Corinthians 5, 17, where it says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And so when we look at ourselves, when we see ourselves, we imagine ourselves apart from the Lord Jesus, compared to ourselves united to the Lord Jesus, then Colossians 3.3 comes into play. You are dead, for you are dead, 
and your life is hid with Christ. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall also appear with him in glory. So, in other words, life independent of Christ, dead. You are dead. Life united to the Lord Jesus Christ, Colossians 3.3, your life is hid with Christ. That's life. So this is what it is. As we said, Israel, new characteristic of life is unto himself in Exodus 19.4. And God kept saying this over and over again in the history of God's communications with Israel. He said in Deuteronomy 7.6, the Lord hath chosen you to be a special people unto himself. The Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself. Deuteronomy 28.9, the Lord shall establish thee an holy people unto himself. See what he's saying here? He says you're a special people unto himself. You're a peculiar people. You're different from the world unto himself. You're a holy people unto himself. And he says in Deuteronomy 29.13, that he may establish thee today to be for a people unto himself. This is what God is saying, I want you to be my people. You're not automatically born my people, but you have to become my people. As he says in Deuteronomy 29, 13, you need to be established as a people unto himself. Unto himself is the goal, but unto himself is the process that has to be accomplished there. So this is what the Lord Jesus was doing also with these disciples, these apostles, when it says in Mark 3.13, when it says he goeth up into a mountain and calleth unto him whom he would, and they came, and he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. So the apostles being 12, not by accident that they're 12, are the mini Israel. They are the example of what God intended for Israel to be. So in essence, without saying it, he's really designed it so that the mini Israel, the 12, are to go out and to fire up the whole. In other words, to get the rest of Israel on the track because God's original plan was the structure and organization of Israel to reach the world. And he said that I actually set the boundaries of the Gentile nations according to the children of Israel, in other words, so that you could reach them, Israel. That's what he meant when he said Deuteronomy 32.8, well, when the Most High divided the nations, their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. So you can almost say, is there population control? Yes, there is, <laughs> but God's doing it. And he's doing it, he's saying, We'll let the Gentiles expand to this much, but we've got to let the Israel expand correspondingly so that they can reach them. That's what he has in mind there. And the ultimate purpose of Israel is really seen when these, not just 12, but now 144,000 of them in Revelation 14, that they are redeemed and they follow the Lamb wherever he goes. It says in Revelation 14:4, they are unto himself people these 144,000, and they go out, and I think that one of them is referred to in Zechariah 8.23, where it says, thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass that 10 men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying we will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. When that happens, then the world can say, finally, they're using the skills that God has given to them of persuasion, of sales, and instead of selling diamonds and furs and used cars, now they're promoting the gospel, finally. 
So, and this is the scene when one Jew, 10 Gentiles come, all speaking 10 different languages. Well, I'd sure like to see that. And they're all saying the same thing. You take us, take us to God. Now, this is a call. This is a special call that God has to Israel. It's a special call is to come to God himself. As he says in Deuteronomy 30, verse 20, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, thou mayest obey his voice, thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life, and the length of thy days, thou mayest dwell in the land. So the calling to Israel was, first of all, the call is come to be saved. That's why he told his apostles, your message is repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Come to be saved. As it says in Romans eleven twenty six. when it says, all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come forth out of Zion a deliverer, shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God has called them, and in spite of their unbelief, in spite of their rebellion against God, in opposition to God, it says the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God has called them, and he's not changing his mind about it. He's not repenting and saying, oh, that was a bad idea. I think I'll forget it. No. And he says in Romans eleven fifteen, if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? As far as the world's concerned, when they get on track and begin to evangelize that they were supposed to originally, that's gonna be life from the dead, as it's called. Now he says, goes on in verse six, he says, go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Very sad when you see this word lost. Lost sheep of the house of Israel. They're lost, they're lost. Many don't even acknowledge that God exists. 80% of the Israelis, Jewish Israelis, are atheists. They're lost because they're atheists. Or they're lost because they're going about trying to establish their own righteousness, as Romans says. In other words, they're on a course of knowing a false God. They think this false God is going to accept them because of their religious good works. In Romans 10.3, they're going about, they're ignorant of God's righteousness and they're trying to establish their own righteousness. And so because of that, they can all say the words of Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. It may be a religious way, it may be an atheist way. Everyone to his own way. You know, I received an email last week from a Jewish man who received the book Changed. I read this and I thought, that's what lost looks like. Here's what he wrote. Read Changed, your book, liked it. I tried Jews for Jesus for many years ago. No good. I'm born Jewish like you. I admire your faith, but I just can't replicate it. I like Jesus, but I don't believe he's the answer. I don't know what the answer is. Maybe there is no answer. I'm gonna try to be a doctor. I'm 66 years old. Male, possibly gay. Lostness, <laughs> lostness is, I like Jesus, but I don't believe he's the answer. I don't know what the answer is. Maybe there's no answer. I'm gonna try to be a doctor. I'm 66 years old, a male, possibly gay. Now, if he doesn't believe that Jesus is the answer, then what's left? What's left? Well, one thing that's left is there is no answer. Maybe that's the answer. There is no answer. That's what he's thinking. Well, what's left if you don't believe Jesus is the answer? Become a doctor when you're 66 years old. That's something. 
Become an esteemed doctor that others will look up to, or just the process, get yourself so immersed in some pursuit like medical studies that you don't even think about it anymore or possibly gay. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe it's an open defiance of God. Maybe Psalm 2 verse 3 is the answer. Psalm 2 verse 3 and the answer says, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Maybe that's the answer. Why do we have to be kept in this bound and this cord of man and a woman? Why can't it be man and man? Maybe that's the answer, a wild casting off of God's moral restraints. What's all this? I don't know what the answer is. The answer is lost. That's what it is, lost. So what's the real answer? The real answer is repentance. The real answer is turning around. The real answer is saying, I believed that Jesus was not the answer. Now I repent, I changed my mind. I believe that Jesus is the answer. That's the answer. So Israel is so lost that it was to the Jewish people that the Lord Jesus said in Luke 13:3, he's talking to Jewish people, he says, I tell you, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. You know, there's people today that believe that somehow because of the Jews have this birthright that um, they don't have to worry about perishing. If you don't believe that, then just tune in to John Hagee. But the Lord was warning Jews that they were in danger of being cast into hell for eternity. He wasn't talking to Gentiles, he was talking to Jews, talking to Israel. Last week I got an email from Janet Landry. It says, Tom, a friend is asking if Jewish people today pass on a birthright. Thanks, Janet. It, it, maybe it's like the rabbis say. The rabbis say this, oh hell, that's only for the Gentiles. They invented it. Well, clearly the answer is no. The Lord Jesus was speaking to the Jewish people when he says, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And this lost state of the Jewish people breaks God's heart, and his heart would not be broken if they just got a pass because of their birth. But you see this in, in Luke 19, 41, when the Lord Jesus came to the city of Jerusalem. When he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, if thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. The day shall come upon thee that enemies shall cast a trench about thee, compass thee about, keep thee on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee. They shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knowest not the time of thy visitation. This is a critical time right now, very critical. Because you don't know it, you're gonna be destroyed. In Matthew 23, 37, he uses the word, oh, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings? Ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Whenever in the Bible we see God saying, oh, Jerusalem, or oh, Israel, this is where you really can see the broken heart for God. Isaiah 43, 22. Thou hast not called upon me, oh, Jacob, Thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. Jeremiah 4.1, if thou wilt return, O Israel, saith the Lord, return unto me. Hosea 13.9, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. Hosea 14.1, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. So when the Lord Jesus in this verse here, in verse six, Matthew 10, six, when he says, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, that was a no Israel statement. 
Oh, Israel, you're lost. You're wandering. You think that I'm just Jesus. You don't know that I'm Jehovah Jesus. You don't believe that I am the answer. And that's an O Israel call. So the heart of God is broken for the lostness of Israel, just as Paul's heart was broken for them when he said, the apostle to the Gentiles, as he called himself, as he was. Nevertheless, in Romans 9.1, he says that he was telling the truth in Christ. I lie not, my conscience also bear me witness in the Holy Ghost. I have great heaviness, continual sorrow in my heart. I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, for my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites. I could wish that I would be going, taking their place, being cast into hell, if they could be saved. Now he calls them the house of Israel. Why does he do that? Well, because actually they all came from one man's house, from Jacob, had 12 sons. They become 12 tribes. It becomes Israel. And a lot of interest on Jewish people know which tribe they're from. Like my cousin on my father's side told me last night, as a matter of fact, she says, I know what tribe I'm from. I said, well, if you know what tribe you're from, then that's the same tribe as me, so I'd like to know that. What tribe are you from? She goes, I don't remember. It was the good one. <laughs> I said, well, let me know when you remember. Anyway, so... <laughs> So the Lord says to his apostles there, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, he's already made it clear that all of Israel doesn't see themselves as lost. So he's kind of talking about focusing in. He's gonna give a parable of a father that has two sons and has a vineyard, like a field. Pray the Lord of the harvest, a field. The father has a field and two sons. And he says in Matthew 21, 28, but what think ye? a certain man had two sons. He came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and went. He came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whither of them twain did the will of his father? They say unto him, the first. Jesus saith unto him, verily I say unto you, publicans and harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. So he's saying, go to all of them. And because as this son, I'm not gonna go. And then he, he repents and then he goes. He says, so you're really on a fishing expedition here. You're trying to find those who know they're lost, as he calls them, publicans, harlots, so forth. He says, know they're lost. He says, go to them. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, there's another reason why he told them to go rather, go rather, you know, and instead of to the Gentiles, go there. Why? Well, it gets back what God told Ezekiel. When God called Ezekiel 3 to go to Israel, it says in Ezekiel 3, 1, he says, son of man, eat this roll, and then go speak the house of Israel. And so he does that. But then he clarifies to him in Ezekiel 3, 4, he said unto me, son of man, go get thee unto the house of Israel, speak but my words unto them. For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel, whose words thou canst understand. Surely, had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened unto thee but the house of Israel will not hearken unto me. So what God was telling Ezekiel there was that he was saying to them, look, if I sent to the Gentiles, they would listen. They would say, wonderful, we accept, we welcome. Let's build a church. That's fantastic. We're so happy that you came here. And in essence, God was telling Ezekiel, and you would feel very happy. You would feel very satisfied. You were very fulfilled. And so you would say, great, this is obviously my calling. And the same with the apostles. I want you not to go on the way of the Gentiles, not to go to Samaria, because if you go there, they're gonna say, oh, wonderful, this is great. And you will neglect going to Israel. 
and structure an organization is that you have to go to them first. You know, because Ezekiel and the apostles could have said, well, who needs to be, who needs to be despised and rejected? And uh, I need that, like going to Israel, like I need a hole in the head. You know, I go to the Gentiles instead. And so that was the same for the apostles. So you see, that was the apostles. So that's why he didn't want them to go to the Gentiles and say, bye-bye Israel, because God's not finished with Israel yet. And that's why. And then he said, as you go, preach the gospel in verse seven. In other words, as you're traveling, it's just amazing how when you're traveling, you have these opportunities. You know, I remember one time I was on the East Coast, I was traveling back to San Diego on a plane, and I started my day in the morning praying to God that God would put a Jewish person in the seat next to me. And I know they're not that big a percentage of the population, the probability's not there, but anyways, nothing is possible with God. Anyway, so I boarded the plane, I sat down. My first words to the person next to me, I just said to him, so are both your parents Jewish or just one parent? <laughs> he was shocked. He said, how did you know? <laughs> I said, I got away. Anyway, that was the start of a lifelong relationship. Uh, we used to meet every week in a picnic bench in Palboa Park, study the Bible, where he eventually prayed to receive Christ. So as you go, as you're traveling, preach. And the message is, don't delay. The message is to move now because now is the day of salvation. It's at hand, the opportunity is here. This is the day of visitation, as the Lord was telling to Jerusalem, and make your move now. Time is shorter than you think. So that's a message. And then he finishes up by saying, provide, in verse nine, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor script, neither two coats, neither shoes, staves, workmen is worthy of his meat. So what he's saying here, he's saying of the subject is, provide not. But that's against our nature. What do you mean provide not? We gotta provide for the rainy days. We gotta provide money in case of. We gotta provide two coats because what if the one gets ruined? We have to provide another pair of shoes for ourselves. What if something happens to our sandals, for example? Two walking sticks, we need provision. But he wanted them to trust him completely. So he says, don't provide extra money for yourself. Don't provide extra coats, not extra shoes, not extra walking sticks. Let God provide them for you. Why? Well, first of all, you say, what? The aspect of us and us, that's scary. That's scary. What if this happens? But it's also exciting to see how God will provide. He didn't want them to be robbed out of the exciting experiences of seeing God provide for their needs when they didn't provide. So he says, don't provide not. And... Um, a little bit later on, he's gonna talk about whatever house you go into, stay there uh, until, and then you leave. Not even provide a schedule, go out on a trip and don't even know what I'm gonna be day by day. He says, that's right. One of the greatest vacations that Cheryl and I took one time, we went to Europe and we had no plans. We just knew how much we were, time we were gonna be there. We didn't know what city we were gonna, we just landed in a city, we, said, we didn't have any hotel reservations. We just walked into places and said, you got a room? No? Okay, we'll go to the next one. You got a room? Yeah, okay. It was exciting. It was fun. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, don't go with all these plans and provisions. Let me lead you. Let me guide you. So he starts off, he says, provide neither. Verse 9. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, these instructions that you gave to your apostles and the provision that you gave them, Lord, and uh, the before provision and the on-the-fly provision. And we worship you for that, Lord. And uh, so help us to be like the apostles and be obedient in Jesus' name. Amen.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.